November 2nd, 2021. This is the Daily Rob, and I need you to hit that like button. I need you to su subscribe. I need you to leave us a nice comment. And if you hate looking at our faces, go listen to us on all major podcast platforms. But on that note, round of applause for the one, the only, Rob Smith. Stu, I salute you. You're a great American. Thank you come, you. come from good stock, I understand. Yeah, I can see that. So what news stories are you looking at today? Well, Stu, today's election day in old Virginia. You want me to break out in song? Carry me back to old Virginia. That's where the corn, cotton, and taters grow. Anyway, um, McAuful, Terry McAuful canceled a uh, stop in Virginia Beach yesterday, had a rally, and uh, he canceled it. Now, why would he cancel it? Still, he canceled it because nobody's showing up to his rallies, and Yunkin is having these huge rallies. So I think that's interesting, Stu. Um, he, he also continues to stick his foot in his mouth. And he, um, um, I just, it's just amazing how they are not in tune, I think. Could be wrong, Stu. Except the last time I was wrong was in 1977 when I got that one question wrong on the SAT. So the likelihood of me being wrong is eh, kind of low. But um, he's just not in tune with, I think, the way people think. And he said uh, yesterday, our school boards, he said this on national TV, our school boards were fine until these people showed up. <laughs> They're, you know, that's only what, uh, eight, nine, 10 words but it's loaded with innuendo. First of all, our school boards. Really? Are they your school boards there, Terry? Or do they belong to the people in that county uh, who have children in those schools? Oh, you and your liberal elites own everything and you run everything. I'm sorry. Then these people. You remember when Ross Perot said, you people? I do. Uh, I was going to mention that. You people don't quit now, do you? Now. Okay, well, you know, these people. Well, by saying that, he doesn't really think they're people at all. He despises them. Then we had just, just more despicable, lying, uh, deceitful campaigning where McArful and LaVar Stoney, who's our mayor in Richmond, who is a... Um, a communist thug. He said, LaVar said that Yunkin wants to ban the Toni Morrison book, a Toni Morrison book. I forget the name of it. Beloved. It's called what? Beloved. Beloved. Because Yunkin is a white supremacist and he hates uh, females. And of course, Toni Morrison's a black female. I mean, oh, and then, still, you probably know more about this than I do, but I, I think that. Um, uh, he also said that Yunkin doesn't believe slavery existed and, and denies the Holocaust. I mean, these people are evil. Uh, in order for us to actually grow as a, 
uh, as a commonwealth, we have to understand that uh, slavery was real, the Holocaust was real, and unfortunately, Glenn Youngkin and his supporters uh, don't believe so and believe that our children should not be taught the same as well. I mean, um, do you really want people like this who have no conscience about lying to run your government? I mean, these are the tactics that I think they are resorting to. It's not a discussion. The whole issue of Beloved came out in 2017. So we're four years removed from this. Glenn Youngkin wasn't even on this. He wasn't even being considered for governor in 2017. So this really comes down to the fact that parents challenge books all the time. Now, there are organizations that track the most banned books. Beloved is number 45 on their list for the last decade. It was around, it was in the 20s, two decades ago. This is a book that's been out for quite some time. A lot of Toni Morrison's books have been considered for banning, along with many other authors. You know, Beloved won, a, won the Pulitzer Prize. Guess what? To Kill a Mockingbird won the Pulitzer Prize. And that's another book that frequently is in discussion for being banned. Now, To Kill a Mockingbird actually cracks the top 10. Toni Morrison is number 45 on the list of most banned books. I'm sure everyone has had a child or know someone that read the Goosebump books growing up. Guess what? That's 46. And you know what number 52 is, Rob? Uh, Huck Finn. The Holy Bible is number 52 on the list. Yeah, okay. So, you know, the whole problem here is that it's the government teaching your children their values in a one-size-fits-all scenario. Um, You know, the various times, when you say banned books, I don't think anybody is saying, I don't want this child ever to read this book his whole life and we should burn them. It's just certain things parents deem appropriate for their child at a particular time in the child's life. My children would read things at a young age and I'm kind of go, I'm not sure this is a good idea for them to read this now, maybe in a couple years. And then it's, it's the volume of content. I mean, you, um, you can only read so many books in, in any particular year. Um, so some of this is what's taught in the school. Um, but parents should have control, not the government. And the reason the, there are issues surrounding Beloved is because there's a gang rape scene in the book. The book also mentions other things regarding sex, including bestiality. So that's the reason why there are people. So that book is probably okay in West Virginia then, right? (laughs) I guess if you have that notion. They don't mind. But there's also uh, other acts of violence and infanticide and, you know, also racism. But Rob, I would like to play a quick little game with you where I give you some other books that are quite famous and why they were banned. Is that okay? It's okay, Stu. 
So is there a prize at the end? Yes, I'll, I'll reveal that in good time. Oh, okay. So, because I'm not competitive at all, you know. So this book, a classic, was banned, and the reason it was is due to this. It was seen as demoralizing, in as much as it implies that man is little more than an animal. Other complaints included excessive violence and bad language. They also said that the book was racist and that there were were defamatory statements towards minorities, God, women, and the disabled. Well, my first impulse was when you said man was a little more than um, an animal. I thought it might be 1984, George Orwell. No, so uh, great guess. You may be saying that in a little bit, but let's see. This book has, I will say, in my opinion, the good guy in this book was a redhead named Jack who just wanted to get things back in order because Simon was too busy being a mystic. Piggy was complaining all the time. So... Simon, Jack, uh, drawing a blank, Steve. Lord of the Flies. Oh, okay, yes. What's the matter, tits? Were you afraid to bring it with you? Anyway, the conch doesn't count anymore, Miss Piggy Tits. Stop that! Nobody's interested in you and your fucking conch! Why don't you take your fat friend and shove off? Here is another one. In 1977, this book was banned because it had the word damn and whore lady in it. Uh, this book is often criticized for being... Gone with the wind. <laughs> no. uh, uh, racially insensitive, uh, including having slurs in it. Let's see. A resident had objected to the novel's depiction of how blacks are treated by members of a racist white community in an Alabama town during the Depression. Oh, I know this. And that they feared the book would upset black children reading it. And that was in 2007. That challenge. To kill a mockingbird. You are correct. As a white male and a conservative, I'm supposed to be a white supremacist, you know. But I will say that that's one of my favorite books. And if you poll all my white supremacist children, uh, they will say that it's their favorite book as well. So uh, anyway, if you're a Southerner, it's something about that book that resonates with you. And um, um, anyway, great book. It's, it's, yeah, it's a wonderful book. You have the gallant lawyer in town. You have the kind of tomboy daughter you have essentially Truman Capote as a child visiting. That's exactly right. Yeah. And there's, it's a highly multidimensional book. Yeah. My father being a lawyer uh, in a small town, um, very Atticus Finch like, uh, except he had a wilder side than Atticus, but um, yeah, it resonates. Somebody told me just now that, uh, they thought that you believed Tom Robson's story again, Iron. You know what I said? 
Said you wrong, man. You dead wrong. Mr. Finch ain't taking this drug against Iron. Well, they was wrong, wasn't it? I've been appointed to defend Tom Robinson. Now that he's been charged, that's what I intend to do. You've taken his drug. Excuse me, Mr. York. What kind of man are you? You got children of your own. So this is a book that I read recently, and I will say, you know, it's a classic and made me feel a little bit uncomfortable because it was a, it is a, a true dystopian book. So this book was retained in Idaho despite objections that the book had too many references to sex and drug use. And it was also considered that the book's language and moral content was also in question as well. And that it showed contempt for religion, marriage, and family. And one parent even took this all the way up to the governor of Alabama at one time. I thought you said it was Iowa. I mean, so what I'm looking at is actually a list of all the different states okay. that have challenged it. And so it's really interesting. Like, that's the thing I hate about this kind of criticism from the McAuliffe campaign is that you can actually, it's, it's all about their framing of language. So it's like, well, we don't teach critical race theory in Virginia, which implies it's taught in other states. Well, they want to ban this book. Well, what other books have been banned in Virginia's history or have been challenged and this and that? What, what, does, what does this look like as a practice on a multi-state level? So it's interesting to look at these famous books and why various states have wanted to ch challenge them. I'm thinking Holden Caulfield. Uh... No, uh, that is one that is listed. This is actually going to be Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. Oh, okay. All right. And then I'll leave you with this one. So this book was challenged because it was considered to be pro-communist and contained explicit sexual matter. And it's a classic, and I thought it would give you a little Witness bit. Witness by Whitaker Chambers. No. No, that's not pro-communist, but that was anti-communist. Well, I think it's only perceived as being pro-communist because the author was a British socialist. Uh, Clement Attlee? 1984. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, that's right. You said you were going to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say that's pro-communist at all, even though um, Orwell was a socialist. But it, that's just what it comes down to. It, all of this comes down to is a parent challenging it. And sometimes the challenge is successful. Other times it fails. And but that's the and, whole thing is that it's up to the parent to kind and of what is appropriate for one child may not be appropriate for the other for another child. And there's no one who can determine that other than the parent. Yeah, which is why school, Stu, I think we ought to ban all all public schools and just leave it up to the parents to make sure their children are educated. Which isn't as hard to do as people think. Teaching is the most important job in the world. It is not the most important job in the world. The, the, the America is so behind in every educational standard and all we do is praise teachers. 
the statistics are much worse for teachers than for cops. Much worse. Yes or yes. Where is America in reading and math? Let's find it out right now. If cops were shooting as many people as teachers were failing, it would be a cause to abolish them. So what other stories are you keeping an eye on? Well, here's one, uh, Stu. Um, Joe Biden met with the Pope over the weekend. Um, as you know, the Pope's a communist. Um, but the question becomes, the media is all talking about this. Did Joe Biden poop in his pants in front of the Pope? And uh, I don't know the answer to that, but. Um, Can you consult with your good Catholic friends if that's a possible sign of a miracle? <laughs> well, um, it is a sign of dementia. Uh, I had a legal case once not too long ago. Uh, man was demented, Alzheimer's, and I did not know this till I read all the medical stuff. And that's one of the things that happens. Um, you know, your mind controls your bowels. And uh, when the mind goes, you ain't got no control. To, um, so anyway, maybe we'll hear more about this. You could say Joe Biden crapped all over the Catholic church. That's fair. I did say that. Wouldn't be the first time. But, you know, he's a good Catholic. Yeah. The Pope apparently did give him communion, though. Mm. Other bishops and cardinals and such have banned him. But anyway, again, that's their problem. I'm not a Catholic. They can do what they want. Um, now, Stu, just to prove my fair-mindedness and that I'm not part of any tribe, as I've told you before, I've always voted Republican, but I don't identify as a Republican. Two stories about things Republicans have done that I find somewhat detestable. Lindsey Graham, who I've always thought was a wishy-washy Sally boy, there's news reports out that during the January 6th uh, Capitol protest, um, that he encouraged the sergeant of arms to shoot the prote protesters. He ran into the chambers like a little girl with his fingers in the air Ooh. and told the sergeant at arms, y'all have guns, use them. Interesting. Um, another story is Chris Sununu, governor of New Hampshire. He is a Republican. He had what they call in, ex in New Hampshire um, an executive council. And 150 people, first of all, they limited the number of spectators who could be in the room. There were 150 people who turned their back on him. I don't even know why, but it doesn't matter. They're peaceful. And the state troopers arrested nine of them, put them in handcuffs. And guess what, Stu? This is what I find most appalling. He had 80 state troopers there for a meeting of 150 uh, people. That is um, a, uh, a profound um, disrespect for the citizenry and abuse of power.
And it just goes to show, Stu, James Madison was right. Uh, Lord Acton was right. Power corrupts. Uh, What else I got, Stu? Maybe I have something else. I got some notes here, believe it or not. Uh, I have some good news. You have some good news? I have some good news. Oh, what's that? So, the Taliban sounds like they're getting their act together. So they're asking for money. And they want, they want money because they are concerned about Afghanistan's climate and how climate change has finally come to Afghanistan. And they consider Afghanistan to be a critical, to be critically endangered. And they are willing to accept any money or aid from anyone who wants to give it. And so I'm just really happy for them. They're, they're, they're getting good boy points, right? Shucksters and charlatans. Uh, people know how to play the Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson game and shake people down. And that's all this is, but good on them for, you know, I, I get, I give them some points for, for uh chutzpah. Um, and gall, I mean, they're yeah. learning the hustle quite They're well. learning how to hustle the white liberal uh, establishment. Hustle, 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 hustle. Every day I'm hustling, 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 every day I'm, every day I'm, every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling, every day I'm yeah uh. <laughs> and that's and that probably is a pan western i should i would like to apply that pan westernly i'm sure there's going to be some idiotic western country that's going to be like how should you deny them you know the world's going to end by the way, Stu, um, read my article on Real Clear Politics on climate change, published November 1, yesterday. Right on. I will. I speak to the, this issue. So. And then some sad news. Ooh. And I would just like to take a moment of silence. <laughs> so I, I want to take a moment of silence for Jen Psaki who has gotten COVID-19. So I'm just going to do a quick little prayer that Jen Psaki gets better. Okay. Stu, you're such a sensitive soul. Yeah. Um, that's a story we haven't talked about, but um, she did say, um, you know, that she's thankful for the vaccine. Um, um, you know, she had to even politicize that. Um, but I think as more and more of this evidence comes to light, Stu, I spoke yesterday about the British journal that says everybody spreads it. You've got ivermectin just destroying COVID in, um, in India, 
you've got in Ireland and Israel, you know, huge percentages of people who are vaccinated are getting sick and going to the hospital. It's all going to come down, I think, where people are going to discover all we had to do is take prophylactics and um, things would have been pretty good. Um, but yet the drug companies are having the government pay for this vaccine, which is ramming things down our throats and making us sick and making it worse. Might come down to be the biggest scandal in American history. We shall see. Well, it's just interesting. This is another person on the Biden team that has gotten COVID, who's been vaccinated. Uh, Mayorkas was the first one. And there was a lot of concern that Blinken had potentially caught it as well. So at what point will we see enough people on the Biden team have who are very public facing? This isn't just behind the scenes people, but how many public facing people on that team have to catch COVID for it to for breakthrough to be redefined? You know, we've seen the term fully vaccinated get redefined and twisted, you know, I'm sure they're going to have to reframe breakthrough at some point. Well, it's almost Orwellian that she praised the vaccine today. She said she was thankful for the vaccine or else she wouldn't have gotten, she would have been sicker. Yeah. Um, um, They're in a real box, too, because as long as 30% of the people don't get vaccinated, they don't have a control group to measure against. And um, so they don't care. It's another example of just not caring about people. Well, another story, and this is about caring. Looks like Terry is going to copy a tactic we often see that was scrutinized last year in great detail, which is contesting an election. So Mark Elias has been hired by the McAuliffe campaign. That happened, I believe, on Friday. And you might tell people who Mark Elias is and what he's done previously. Yes. So Mark Elias helped overturn Iowa for the Clintons. He is a Clinton election lawyer. That's his big specialty. And he has been hired by McAuliffe ahead of this Virginia election. So it looks like what he's going to do is claim that some sort of fraud happened in the Virginia election. So that will be interesting to see. We'll see how that plays out. And when that story made it around the press, the very competent highly efficient McAuliffe team technically emailed Fox News asking them to kill it. Kill that story. So what what it was is one of the campaign team members thought they were sending it to someone else and they actually sent it to Fox News. Uh, But Elias, I believe he was with Perkins Coy, the big law firm, which laundered, laundered money to cooperate with um, the British agent Steele and the, the Russians to totally fabricate uh, the whole Russian election um, story, which turned out to be completely and utterly 
fabricated and created by the Clinton campaign. So that's what kind of guy he is. Wet ass P word. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass P word. Give me everything you've got for this wet ass P word. Beat it up, N word. Catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Put this P word right in your face. Truth doesn't matter to these folks, too. And the Machiavellian school of politics. There you go. Power by any means. By any means. So, do you have any other stories for today? Well, I don't, but I have some wise words. I will take the wise words. All right. These wise words are from a fellow Virginian. And a Virginian who I greatly respect. And I think a lot of people should. And you might get who this guy is as I read some of these quotes. I will permit no man to narrow and degrade my soul by making me hate him. Associate yourself with people of good quality for it is better to be alone than to be in bad company. A lie doesn't become truth, wrong doesn't become right, and evil doesn't become good just because it's accepted by a majority. The older I grow, the more I am convinced that there is no education which one can get from books and costly apparatus that is equal to that which can be gotten from contact with great men and women. Success always leaves footprints. Great men cultivate love and only little men cherish a spirit of hatred. Assistance given to the weak makes the one who gives it stronger. Oppression of the unfortunate makes one weak. Now I chose this gentleman and native of Virginia uh, to read today because education is in the news with the election and shows show so is this concept of race. And this man um, overcame a lot of difficulties in his life. Uh, he became a premier educator and he was also a cheerleader for his own race. And Stu, I'm very proud that this man springs from the same soil that I did, the soil of old Virginia. Now, these two quotes uh, will probably give you an idea of who he is, though you probably know, Stu, because you know everything. Among a large class, there seemed to be a dependence upon the government for every conceivable thing. The members of this class had little ambition to create a position for themselves, but wanted the federal officials to create one for them. How many times I wish then and have often wished since that by some power of magic, I might remove the great bulk of these people into the country districts and plant them upon the soil, uh, upon the solid and never deceptive foundation of mother nature where all nations and races that have ever succeeded have gotten their start, a start that at first may be slow and toilsome, but one that nevertheless is real. 
Now, Stu, I think this man did more for black people than probably any man. Um, and these people like Terry McAuliffe and LaVar Stoney actually hurt black people um, by their policies. And I think this quote by one of my favorite Virginians, Booker T. Washington, um, expresses these thoughts. There is another class of colored people who make a business of keeping the troubles, the wrongs, and the hardships of the Negro race before the public. Having learned that they are able to make a living out of their troubles, they have grown into the settled habit of advertising their wrongs, partly because they want sympathy and partly because it pays. Some of these people do not want the Negro to lose his grievances because they do not want to lose their jobs. And um, even though this was probably written a hundred years ago, he might as well be talking about LeVar Stoney and Terry McAuliffe. Yeah. Born a slave, 1856. Wrote the great book Up From Slavery. It's a great book of inspiration. Oh yeah, I mean, there is certain American figures that they just don't want you to learn about. And Booker T is definitely one who gets kind of cast to the side, much like the Harlem Renaissance kind of gets completely skipped over a lot of the time. So thank you for sharing his wisdom with us today. Well, thank you, Stu. You're a great Virginian too. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe notorious, but we're great. Well, yeah, yeah, now we're just playing games here, huh? <laughs> just playing football. Now, as long as we're at it, I'm just going to put it all out there, lay all the cards on the table. Because let me tell you something, I didn't get to this point by being smart or good looking. You understand?